Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, my very own monarch butterfly, the mistress, <laughs> DC Gina. <laughs> I must have traveled a long way to be here today, Louise. <laughs> they do travel a long way. They do. And they're they quite amazing. colorful. They are. And so I'm going to assume in your very colorful life, you have come across a few shapeshifters. Of course. But do you know the greatest, or what is considered the greatest shapeshifter found in nature? Uh, no. It's the mimic octopus. See, I was trying to throw you off with the butterfly, but no, it's the mimic octopus. Interesting. It's, um, and in my opinion, it's perfectly named, um, which all that, that's all that matters right now. Um, <laughs> um, it was discovered in 1998 off the coast of Indonesia. Um, and it's uh, capable of mimicking the, its background to the point that it can change its color of its skin as well as its texture. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty damn cool. And it's also been recorded that um, it can mimic um, other species, and they've recorded up to 13 different species thus far. Um, it includes a lionfish, sea snakes, jellyfish, and many more, obviously. Um, and they do it basically <clears throat> to, in, um, to evade predators and to lure in dinner so they can, like, and get a crab or... Pretend People eat these things? I don't know. I want to um, eat one now. I, I don't know. Them. I want to eat the mimic octopus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat them because they're, they're uh, I guess, I, I mean, I love octopus, but I mean, yeah. they're, they're, apparently they're pretty smart and crafty. I mean, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Oh, now I get the whole thing. All right. Butterflies, caterpillars, yes, yes, shapeshifters. Yeah. So I'm going to take it one further step. And speaking of these creative shapeshifters, Let's bring on today's designated drinker, shall we? Yes. <clears throat> he has uh, had a very, and has a very impressive career where I'm going to assume he's had to think quick and act smart. Mm. So welcome to today, today's designated drinker, the director of creativity of Think Food Group and Minibar, Ruben Garcia. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure to be here. Hi, Thank you. Ruben. Hello, Gina. How are you? I'm very good. It's very nice to have you on. I'm very excited. Very yeah, happy to be here. She's all rosy cheeked, big I smile. If only everyone could see you. Yeah, it's also 95 degrees here. It's yes, it's it's a little warm in here. Yeah, Why don't you tell everyone where we're at? Where we're so at? So we are in the um, new space at uh, La Cosecha. Sorry, I can't say Cosecha. Cosecha. Um, it's Cosecha. the new Latin market in the Union Market District, and it's under construction a little bit, except the podcast and a couple of choice restaurants are open now. Yes. And um, if you hear a little drilling, it's not my um, crafting a cocktail. It is actual <laughs> drilling. Yes, there are many, many... Uh, workers around like yeah. constructing the rest of the market so um, we're kind of in the middle of the hustle and bustle and like it's beautiful windows but it's blaring the sun in and it's very hot it's a little warm in here <laughs> yeah so um but we're gonna manage we're gonna su we're gonna suffer through yeah my cheeks are about to get rosier <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Ruben like I said you've had a really impressive career um and I would love if you could tell our listeners how it all began and I'm thinking that maybe we go all the way back to that humble peeled tomato you mentioned. Oh my god. <laughs> I told you that story. You point. did. <laughs> well um, let's see well, I'm from Spain. Uh, we are a big family. My mom's side, my dad's side um, and you know this uh, we always looking for a excuse for a celebration. 
<laughs> get together around a table between 20 something, 30 people around the table. And that was a time where it was a big show off of everyone how to, you know, bring their best cooking, the best, best stews, the best uh, drinking, you know, so I grew healthy up. Healthy competition though. Yeah, healthy, healthy yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buying uh, for mom's attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, you know, I grew up in an environment where, you know, I mean, uh, food, you know, it was uh, about celebration, um, a reunion and family. So it was a lot of, of uh, care and love behind, no? Uh, so obviously, you know, I grew up uh, around the kitchens of my mom, my grandma, uh, my aunts. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I say like, before you need, before you learn how to cook, probably you need to learn how to eat. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm still learning how to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good part of it is I keep practicing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Practice too much That's lately. That's really smart advice. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, um, so that was my childhood, no? And then, uh, so every time, every after all, every time I started about them, I was a really bad student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't doing good, that's cool. Um, so it got to the time where I have to decide what to do with my life. If I go to college or go to a, a tech school. Obviously college wasn't an option for me because I didn't like how to, st what to study. <laughs> and I didn't like, you know, I didn't see myself keep doing that. So the last day of school, uh, I asked my one of my best friends, so what are you going to do? And he's, he told me, I'm going to go to this uh, culinary school to learn how to be a chef. And my head was like, what the heck? Did I just study to be a chef? <laughs> I thought you just, just cook like my grandma and my mom does. <laughs> and then you open a restaurant. So, you know, that idea, you know, it kept in my mind uh, a couple of days later, having a conversation with my father. So my father said, you know, obviously it was gory about me. I said, right. okay, what's going to be with your life? What are you going to do? So I started this conversation with him. Ah, so my friend Oscar, he's going to culinary school. I didn't know you had to study to be a chef. And all of a sudden my father's eyes, you know, pop. Did exactly. he immediately push you in the car and take you to the, take you for a tour? Exactly, exactly. I mean, next thing I know, he was calling the school, he set up an appointment, he went to see it, he came back, he said, this is amazing, they have a great kitchen, it's unbelievable, I love it, I love it, I love it, okay, let's go see it. So a he week went later, first? Yeah. <laughs> a week later, uh, my mom, my father, and myself, we go to the to the school, which was outside of Barcelona, it was in Manresa. Uh, the name of the school was Juviet, still open. Um, so they gave us a tour. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was obviously, you know, it was impressive. It was a huge kitchen, uh, two floors, everything shiny, everything new. Uh, it was all big construction. I think they've been running it for three or four years only before I got there. And they have a, a restaurant, the school have a restaurant, so they invite us to go for lunch. I don't remember what we ate. I remember only one dish, and that dish 
it changed my life. I remember sitting there with my mom, my father, and they brought a dish with a tomato. And I look at it and say like, what's going on with this tomato? <laughs> Something different. It's completely untouched, but wait, where's the skin? It's a little naked tomato. It was a naked tomato. <laughs> so it was a salad where they, they peeled the tomato, they left the tomato intact, and the salad was inside. And that blew my mind. <laughs> oh my gosh. And at that moment, I knew what to do with my life. I said, okay, this is cool. That's I, awesome. I want to know, you know, how they make that. So I asked my father, so, wow, look at this, how they make that. And my father said, well, that's why you're coming to this school to figure it out. <laughs> and he chained him to the table, and, and that was the rest of the story. <laughs> and that's where everything started. That's everything amazing. Started, you know, um, that was the, the moment where, you know, clicked. clicked. And, uh, and I said, like, oh, I found something that was interesting, you know? Something that challenged me, something that made me happy. And uh, the, funny, the funny part of the story is that at the time I started studying that school, I wasn't a bad studier. I, studied, I wasn't a bad student anymore. Yeah. Well, you found what you loved. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Something spoke to you finally. Well, it's, not, it's no longer like you have to, you want to. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like the difference, right? Like. Mm -hmm. I could look at drink stuff like all day long, like all day, like every day. Like I could just more I need to know. So like I think that that's a, it's an incredible thing. So to tell all the students, so if you're really bad at school, you have to become a chef. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny funny thing. My my son, my son, he's I mean he's 14, so he go through he's going through that you know phase. Uh, Does he know uh, everything? No, no, not at no. He's a he's a really nice guy. He's a really <laughs> thoughtful, and but he doesn't do really good at school. And he said like, "Well, maybe I don't have to go to college. I um, could be successful at you, Dad." Oh. So yeah, sure. Do you want to work all the weekends? You're gonna miss all your family uh, reunions. Do you want to work until? 10 p.m. and then clean the kitchen and leave like at 1230. <laughs> you know, his size was like, uh, I get up and okay, get up and be at seven. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Has he ever been in the kitchen with you? Yeah. Like not at home. Did you bring him to work? Yeah, yeah. actually last summer. Um, yeah, last summer uh, he worked in home office with us in the we have a test kitchen in home office. Yeah. So he came a couple of weeks to help us. So he was our dishwasher. Oh, yes, that's yeah. a good place to start. Perfect. Perfect. He, yeah, he, uh, he cleaned dishes. Uh, he did pretty well, actually. I was surprised. Yeah. He was like fast and clean and organized. D does he need a summer job? <laughs> I mean, I got, we got two places and he's washing dishes. I'm into it. And a nice kid to go back and forth for suburbia. I mean, I got a whole rack of jobs, 14 year Never And never touch a liquor bottle the whole time you're there. That, that's okay with me. I mean, he's gonna be okay to you know to make some money. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying Get him out there. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, bring me your kids. It sounds good. Everyone can work 12 hours a week legally by law until you're 16. No problem. So after culinary school, how? Where, what happened between the time before you got here? Culinary school was five years. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. It was uh, about I mean, right now. Uh, I don't think there's any culinary school that do five years. I mean, I'm talking about, I started studying culinary 25 years ago. Yeah. 
So I've been in the kitchen 25 years ago. Um, the school is good. I mean, it sounds intense. 20 it's, yeah, it's intense, but you know, I mean, we, it wasn't only cooking. I mean, we have, we have to study math and, oh, good. Yeah. and you know, and the, a well rounded education. Yeah. Um, so you have a degree. So you have like an actual degree from like a college, from a university, right? I don't know. The school, but like yeah. if, you have, if you did five years, yeah, you did a degree. Like I mean, I don't know, I don't know what's the cool in here in the US. Yeah. There's a piece of paper, say. right? <laughs> Your name's on it? Yeah. Degree. Look, she's, she's like on you. Oh, shit, I made it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. Now, cha now change your, now change your, uh, my dad, my dad should be, should be proud. <laughs> so, you went from, so, school to? So, five years of school, obviously, you know, um, uh, in that five years, uh, it wasn't enough for me just to be, go to school, so I have to do something. Else. You know, I'm, 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 Overachiever? Yeah, you know, you know I'm, I, I get bored really easily, so yeah. I, I want, I need to change, so I need to have like projects and, and challenge myself constantly. Um, so I start, study, I start working on the weekends. Oh. So really simple at the beginning, just a friend's uh, restaurant where they do uh, really traditional Spanish cuisine. It was a, a bodega. Uh, then I went to a, a hot, uh, field hockey club. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last, uh, the last year of school, uh, I went to a two-star Michelin restaurant called Jean-Luc Figueras uh, in Barcelona. That was thanks to my, my uncle. The, he, he had a boutique, in a, in a gourmet boutique in Barcelona, so he's well connected. So he helped me to get there. And I was at the time where, you know, um, it changed my life again. Yeah. It changed my path, you know, because uh, everything was cooking and cooking and cooking, you know, about tradition, about, you know, uh, Spanish and some French international cooking. But I never had, you know, the, the, the approach to a creative uh, cuisine. You know? So that was my first, my first introduction to a creative cuisine, which was with Jaluk Feiras. Unfortunately, uh, Jaluk, he died a few years ago. Um, but he's, uh, yeah. you know, he was one of my first mentors, no? Um, Amazing. So, you know, uh, kind of, uh, it changed gears yeah. a little bit, you know? I started seeing cooking in a different way. We're way more precise, we're more uh, finesse, um, with a really, with a philosophy behind, with a, um, an idea, a concept. Uh, really identify techniques uh, all about the ingredient um, that's so, so cool. you know I start my my mind start changing you know kind of uh, thinking about you know uh, and the last year of school so the fifth year one of my friends said oh I talked to our head chef of the school she's gonna help me to go to uh, Martin Brasategui it's a restaurant in San Sebastian, in the north of Spain. I'm gonna spend there a year. I said, I wanna go with you. <laughs> You're my friend. I wanna travel. I wanna get out home. You know, I love San Sebastian. It sounds like a good idea. So our chef managed yeah. to, for us to get a stash over there. So, and uh, I started as a, as a stagiaire. So no, no making money. No. <laughs> they just oh. give me, yeah. So before, yeah. now you cannot do that. 
yeah. the laws that protect. <laughs> yeah. But before, I used to work 14 hours a day, non-paid. Oh my goodness. I didn't care. Seriously, I didn't care because I was learning. Yeah. I was, I was there because I wanted. Yeah. You know, yeah. they made me clean the, the, my station two times, three times because it wasn't clean. It wasn't clean. It was my fault. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, today, you know, we have all these uh, new uh, young people, new chef, that they want to be chef because they see something on TV. Yeah. And not always what you see on TV is yeah. the truth. Thing. What? I'm sorry to tell you, but really? Superman doesn't fly. <laughs> Okay. But he does have red underpants. Yeah, well, I, I do too. <laughs> I think that, that it's not just in food and beverage, uh, creative director and advertising. And we had a lot of the same where you'd have these really creative people come through the door who went to all the right schools and interned at all the right agencies, but had no experience, but expected to work on, walk through the door and work on the best client, on the best project. And you're like... What? But I mean, I think it's just yeah. where we are today with the, uh, where society is, is that instant gratification, well, finished, it's that Instagram effect. Yeah, Instagram, yeah, social media, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing, you know, yep. I mean, uh, obviously I have Instagram, but, yes. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't cook for Instagram. Yeah. You know, I cook for my guests that are coming every day to the restaurant. Yeah. And I have the true experience. You know? Yeah. And they're really feeling where the restaurant is, you know. Obviously, uh, Instagram uh, or Facebook or whatever, you know, it's a great, great tool to promote yourself. But I think they're, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit flaky. Yeah. In some, some cases. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah. the user. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, going back to San Sebastian. Yes. So the thing is, like, when I finished uh, school, five years of school, I knew it, and I had the feeling that I didn't know how to cook. Yeah. Huh. What? And still today, because there's always so much, you know, that you can learn. That's a healthy point of view. It yeah. really is, because you're always searching. Then you're always yeah. trying. And at the time I was in Spain, you know, my focus and my knowledge and my focus and what I have, the tools I have in my hands, it was Spanish cuisine. Now that I'm here in the U.S. For yeah. the last 16 years, oh my God, it's like, wow, I have, I have access to any cuisine in the world. Yeah. So you have the feeling like, what the heck? I don't know <laughs> Japanese cuisine. How would I learn? <laughs> what is this thing? The one that always gets me is Indian food. Like the amount of the spices, like you go in, I'm so overwhelmed. I mean, I love Indian food, but to yeah. even think about being able to cook in that realm or like even, I have no knowledge. It's very exciting. I've been... I've been like obsessed now with all the different regions of like say like Thailand, right? Like I never like because we were only exposed like a certain kind of Thai here, mm -hmm. yep. And now people are bringing in all the different kinds of Thai from the four different regions, and how some of the food is like super sour and um, just really delicious, like crazy. I'm like obsessed with it, and they have this amazing um, cardamom. It's part of the black cardamom family, and it's called Thai cardamom, and it's like this long pod, and it's like. It smells like tobacco, but when you like when it's in a whole pod, but when you toast it, it gets really, really sweet. So when you shave it into like a cocktail or something, it really like. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like a, I don't, I can't explain it. It's a, it's a savory sweetness. Ooh, that sounds mm. delicious. But it's a cool little spice. I'm sure you've used it, but it's like, I don't know. Black cardamom, you said. Yeah, but not the not the African black cardamom, the Thai one. It's Thai. different. Because the African one's like the little cones, and this thing is like fat, almost looks like nutmeg, and it's not. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when you said there's a million spies, forget it. Every region, even when you plant something one place and you have it in another place, it changes. It's like, the same you know? thing here in the U.S. I mean, like depending on where you get some produce or oh, some, of course, yeah. like California oranges versus uh, like yep. Florida. Uh, yep. Yeah, they're yep. different. Yep. They're very different. I mean, one's sweeter, one's more tart, one's more pithier, one's not, you know, one's juicing. It's kind of like me and Jaina. <laughs> one's, one's pithy. <laughs> Depends on the day of the week, Bill. <laughs> Who gets that All title? Right, fine, back to Ruth. So you finish your stage. You so have no money. So, uh, okay, <laughs> You're living are, on the streets. We're in San Sebastian. Uh, I spent two years over there. Uh, I started as a stage and I end like a half uh, chef of um, uh, pastry chef for two years. Yeah. So after that, uh, I was ready to go. I was. Uh, I have the feeling, you know, I want to travel. I want to keep going. And I, you know, I never. I'm not a big planner. I never yeah. plan. I know. Just I see things coming and that's say yes, no, yes, no. You know. Um, so you know, something came across to me uh, to go to. Munich, no yeah. Germany. Yeah, that's with, a with my, slight difference. Yeah, with the same friend, <laughs> with the same friend, I went to to San Sebastian. Yes. So both would say, okay, so this is our next adventure. So let's go to Munich. So we planned everything. It was a stash in a Tantrus restaurant, two stars Michelin in Munich. Um, I think yeah, it's still open. I think it's three stars right now. Um, so anyway, my friend and I we have a big fight before going to to Munich. Um, either way, we went there. And the first day we got there, they separated us. And they put him into a second restaurant they had. It was a Japanese restaurant. And they kept me in the, in the two-star Michelin restaurant. And the same day, after lunch, he came to the restaurant. He said, this is bullshit. That restaurant is a fucking shit. I don't like this. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh... I'm like, okay. <laughs> Already? <laughs> so. 12 hours later. <laughs> anyway, uh, two weeks later, I left. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. It wasn't the time. It wasn't the moment. I wasn't, my mind, it wasn't there. Um, it's just, you know, one of these things that you know that you fell and just take it. And yeah. So I came back home. But instead to go back home, home, I went to the restaurant, to Martin Brastategui, who, who was the chef who sent me to there. And I show up to the restaurant and he's like, what the heck, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be in, in Munich. So I tell him this story and uh, he's like, oh, well, okay, that's fine. You're young, I know, so it's fine. So we have a conversation. Uh, he was really kind. I understand he wasn't mad. And I, so I am telling him, listen, I need, I need a job. I need to, well, so I stay here. No, I mean, Martin I mean, has been here for, for a long time. I want to see um, something else. He said, well, tonight we have Alberto and Ferran Adria coming for dinner. You want to tell them um, to stash in a restaurant? I say, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we end the conversation, and I'm walking the street, and say, Ferran, Alberto, Adria, what the heck are these guys? So I went to my, to my apartment, to my uh, old apartment <laughs> where my roommate's still there. And I told her, I said, like, wait, wait a moment. Ferran, Alberto, Adria, are you going to El Bulli? El Bulli? What is El Bulli? I have no idea where El Bulli was. <laughs> 
my god. You know? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I never planned. No, it seems like, <laughs> oh shit, I was lucky. You know? So, so yes, I started working on Obuye a few months later. Wow. Uh, I, did you beg years. for your job, your stage, or what did you what? do? Did you beg for your stage, or like what happened? No, no, no. That was uh, that was uh, Martin, my old chef. That he talked to them, and they said yes. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And then, and then all the salary happens, and a few months later, I was in Calamon Joy in in Obuye restaurant. And I spent five years of my life over there. Wow. Well, it also speaks to your worth, your work ethic, and obviously your talents, because somebody wouldn't have just haphazardly, give, you know, yeah, made that offer. What was your first station? Like, it's amazing. I, I want to know, what was the first station to get there? My first station? Yes. Uh, pastry. Pastry, yeah, because I did two years pastry in Martin Barsategui, then I did three years pastry in, uh, in El Bulle. I was the pastry chef of El Bulle for two years, three years. And then I was a sous chef for two years. For Do you think that pastry is more is like harder than like than cooking savory? No. No. It's a different gear. Yeah. It's more technical. You know. Um, normally in the kitchen, we don't like to wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in to that pastry. instant gratification. In pastry, <laughs> in pastry, there's no way you have to do that. You know, yeah. it's yeah. A more it's more like exact science. A discipline. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And being pastry chef for so many years, you know, it taught me a lot. You know, it gave me a lot of uh, knowledge of ingredients. You know, knowledge of uh, uh, what's cooking, what's baking, what's you know. I mean, so you have that experience that at the end, you know, it brings you some more, way more knowledge and finesse. You know, because then the desserts are, you know, yes, certain different finesse uh, at the time you played it. Uh, no, now I mean. Right now, it's, everything is more, you know, it's evolved towards more technical everything. But at that time, it was a big difference between what it was pastry, what it was uh, savory. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. All right, so you're there. What, so you're at Aboulay. How do you get here? How, what happened at Aboulay? Did you win? What, yeah, I want to know, know what goes on there. Aboulay? <laughs> yeah. So that was amazing. It was amazing. It was the best experience of my life. I love it. Awesome. It was the time I felt strongest and confident with myself and happy. And I was working 14 hours every day and six days a day. Uh, my day off, I was partying and not sleeping. And I was like, yeah, this is my time. You know? That's amazing. Uh, obviously, I was 20 years old. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old really were you when you were there? You were really 21. No, I was, uh, yeah, so I turned 18 when I was in Martin. So 20, 21, yeah. 2021. Wow. Was, uh, so young. So yeah. So it was an amazing experience. Uh, and, and, and I made amazing friends. You know, still today, I mean, we're, I can talk to them and you know, as a friend, even if they're far away. Um, and, and a family, you know, we was a family still today, you know, we were partnership with Alberto and Ferran in our new project in, in Hudson Yards in New York with the Spanish market, well, uh, Little Spain. Yeah. Um, you know, so we have this uh, tight relationship and I mean, it's a, it's a family. At the end of the day, it's like, I was spending more time with my team in the kitchen than we do. 
we spend more time yeah, in our course. kitchen than we spend with our families. You better enjoy that. Exactly. You better enjoy it. Yeah. Or surround yourself with people that you do like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you can't even do that in your own family. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. You build your kitchen, or you build your restaurants, and you put people in there that, like, work together. Otherwise, you know, regardless of whatever you have, you know, it's, you know, a bagel store, or you have, like, the best restaurant in D.C., or whatever it is, or in the world, really, you have to surround yourself with good people you have to otherwise the restaurant doesn't survive it's not good you know yeah it's everybody it's everybody from the host to the chef to everything yeah all right let's have a cocktail let's okay. have a cocktail damn let's it let's have a cocktail let's have a cocktail um all right so i'm being inspired by you obviously obviously but uh it is it's all about love and this drink. And it's about like your passion for what you did and you found it and it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of things I know about you and, and um, I'll tell you what it is. So it's two ounces of um, whiskey. So we did um, Wild Turkey 101 Rye, which is a really strong whiskey. We did two ounces of beet juice, half an ounce of lemon, half an ounce of fresh pressed ginger. And then um, a little bit of, uh, this is what's weird, it's a little bit of just crushed uh, cranberry skin. So there's- Just the skin. Just the skin, no no sugar, nothing like that. Just a little bit, just to get it really, really tart. The tart, yeah. And then we're going to um, basically shake it up and we combine all of it together so it sticks like glue with a little bit of um, egg white. So basically what this is, if you want to go back to the mother of what this is, it is a whiskey flip. Whiskey flip, I never heard of Yes, you have. Whiskey flip? No. Yes. No. I care about whiskey and flip <laughs> But it sounds a little, a little healthy. We got beet juice, ginger, all oh, good yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. But my, also, my, 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 I might not even see it right now. Yeah, but <laughs> beet juice, ginger, all of those things are all the things that like kick off like the love and like they're really good for men's, um, you know, libido. Like, you know, kick it into high gear. Wow, hello. And then, and then yeah, so, you know, if you're going to make a love drink or a potion <laughs> or an elixir or, like, you know, Valentine's Day or an anniversary or whatever. Yes. You know, you need to, you need to think about it. Get things fired up. Yeah, you have to think about it. You can just, you just do it. Love this sound. What? The shake. It's it's not as easy as you think to do two at once. It's not. It's not actually. I tried it. (laughs) Do you wear it? Do it all over the place? If I did it, it would be all over the wall. (laughs) All right. So nice and frothy tin. Lots of foam. Super important. Make sure your glasses are chilled. Sorry, I'm like a little breathless here. So we're gonna dump that back in. And we are going to double strain. So you get a beautiful foam. Nice. So the cranberry um, skin. skin is in the yes. in the tin right now. Oh, yes. look at that. Ooh, look how pretty that is. It's a beautiful color. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So when you have like, when you make the egg whites, it's shaking enough, you're supposed to get a nice little foam on the top. And if you're doing this at home, take your time and use a little spoon. And if you really do your foam right, it should be able to sit on its own for a long, long time. So I couldn't give the master 
of disguise and he makes the greatest like dishes like you don't even know what you're eating sometimes you're like what is this it might look like a box <laughs> or a pearl or um just a little bit of I do a little chocolate lace on there it's beautiful where does one get chocolate lace um honestly you can get this this is um a company in japan that makes the most beautiful ones I do not. They come on lasers now. I was going to say, is that like a laser print? It is, but it is. It's beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah. And you can get a lot of things printed on there and how you want it, but this is actually grandmother, like, this is an, this is actually an, um, an Italian lace print. Oh. And I picked Thank it because I'm from, my family is from Northern Italy, and Pretty. this is something that we would do with a rose. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Valentine's cheers. Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Cheers, 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 cheers. Mm. Oh, you know the best part is that it's as the delicious. She, the best part is she can make another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty, absolutely, but it's, it's, delicious. it's delicious. I mean, that's what's really important, right? Thank that you, it Gina. tastes oh, thank so you. amazing. It's light. It looks, I mean, it's as Considering it's whiskey and beet juice, it's so light though. It's the it's the ginger. I mean, you can taste the ginger. It's the ginger Absolutely. and the lemon. It's the ginger and the lemon. Mm -hmm. Little tart. There's a little thing in there. Well, I'm a, I'm a little tart sometimes, right? <laughs> I mean, I might be hitched now, but who knows what happens? <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. So we're back. So now you get to the U.S. Go. How do you get here? <laughs> How do you become so, your now your new role? So anyway, so I came here at the time uh, Jose opened mini bar. As uh, Gina said, the mini bar first it was a little bar in the second floor of Cafe Atlantico. Cafe Atlantico, if people doesn't know, it was a concept that I uh, was born in uh, in Florida in Miami from um, uh, old partner from Jose, and then they brought it. To DC, the first place we was open in DC was in uh, it was in where was that? Columbia Road. Yeah. Columbia Road, and it was a it was a dancing club. Oh. Yeah. And then they moved it to Eighth and D. It was more like a restaurant. Anyway, I have all the memories, good memories of that place because it was my first home, and obviously you know it was because minibar was that. A minibar was as simple as a little bar. Uh, that we, you know, converted into a minibar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six, six seats, uh, no kitchen. We just start. We have two external uh, cook pot, cook pot, like electric yeah. uh, sternos. Then down on the road, we bought like an electric oven. So that was our kitchen. <laughs> so that's how we we started. Not really humble and and actually really creative because uh, uh, it us into a spot where you know we have to be creative yeah you know, with uh, with other limitations so that that's was my first entrance to to us you know working a minibar and jaleo i help a lot in jaleo uh change the menu and the first i remember the first thing i changed uh, it was the croquetas yeah so i ate the croqueta in jaleo and i remember the croquetas my mom used to make and so I just called my mom. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> mom, how do you make your croquetas? Give me, give me your recipe. And obviously, you know, her recipe was like, 
yeah, you take like one cup here, one punch, like yeah. this, and then one sprinkle. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, okay, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm proud to say like that right now, you know, all the croquetas that we serve in in all house restaurant, they're my mom. My mom's recipe. That's amazing. Yeah. Does she get copyright, like kickback royalties? Uh, actually, when she came a <laughs> long time ago, I feed her and she's like, oh, this is a really good croquetta that tastes like mine. <laughs> 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 Truth um, yep. Yeah. Anyway, so since then it's been uh, 16 years. In these 16 years, there's a lot happening. No, um, really proud. I'm really happy to to be part of this family, which is Thinful Group. When I start in this company, Thinful Group, we had three restaurants, four restaurants. We have four restaurants right now. We have 30. Wow. Wow. I think the fact that you talk about your, the people you work with and as your family and you spend so much time with them, one, obviously, that's really key to your point is building a really strong foundation for any business and surrounding yourself with people um, that are pivotal. But the fact that you, that you are friends and family and spend so much time together speaks uh, loudly to your leadership, I would assume. Because yeah, of course, of course. Because you know, restaurants are so, it's high stress. And, you yeah. know, you've got a lot of deadlines, new openings, 4 to 30. I mean, that's craziness. Yeah. And I think that speaks very loudly of your leadership and within the group, within yourself. So what's your goal? Is your goal to become best restaurant in the world now with Minibar? Or just keep Not opening? Really. Not really. I mean, our, our goal is just to be happy. Enjoy what we do every day. Um, oh, that's such a Spaniard you know, point of view. <laughs> just no, to be happy, and I think that's yeah, wonderful. To be happy. I, you know, I mean, I, I don't think that uh, it's healthy. Like wake up in the morning and say, like, "Oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in the list of the 50 best when uh, I have three star Michelin." I mean, if you get it, it's because it's because you get it. It's because you work hard. You know, it's because uh, your truth to yourself. It's because uh, you have a great team. It's because. Uh, uh, your team bring back, you know, all the knowledge and, you know, the part of the, the question, you know, it's, at the end is, you know, it's just creating a, a really healthy and, 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 um, um, and familiar, you know, environment in, in your restaurant. No? Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, at the time we are a restaurant, we push and there's, there's a stressful times and, you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a time where you open the restaurant and everything has to be ready and it has to be perfect and, you know, but this is like day to day, you know, you push yourself to to be better, you know, uh, the same as like every um, line cook, you know, is trying to do their mission plus, uh, you know, like they can finish five minutes before so they can help uh, in production. So, you know, so it's, it's more the, you know, the... It's just the style of living, no? So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a mindset. It's a, it's a mindset. mindset. Yeah, absolutely. It's a mindset. No, it's a mindset. Uh, always can be better. Always can be better, but not, but not like blind yourself. Yeah. Like I want to be here. That he that healthy balance. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, before we go any further, I want to make sure I do our housekeeping. Oh. Yeah, yes, Gina. Hi. Gina, hi. where where will where will everyone go to get your recipe um, on this gonna, lovely lovely drink? We're gonna go to designated drinker dot show. Wait, what? Designated Drinker Show. And all of Gina's pro tips and how-tos will be there. And we'll definitely make sure the website, you'll have links to Mini Bar and all the amazing things that Ruben is doing and the restaurants, if you're lucky enough, see him rush through and say hi. All right. Ruben, I get one really fun question. 
All rest are not fun, I guess. It's all my own. It's all my own. Um, all right, so. So in this day and age, you know, everyone identifies themselves with a spirited animal, and they're like, you know, I, I just, I really identify myself with a Japanese beetle because <laughs> I have a hard shell but soft on the inside. <laughs> You're like, that's so weird, but whatever. If you can identify yourself as one ingredient, what are you and why? One ingredient, wow. I had to think about that. Um, let's say, I don't know, an onion. Oh, onion. <laughs> I would say I'd be doing an onion or garlic. No, pick one and tell us why. Uh, tell us why. Pick one and tell us why. No, but, okay, there's not like a hybrid between onion and garlic. Shallot. Okay, no, there you so go. Shallot. There we go. Yeah. I love what you just told the chef. What shallot? Yeah, it's like in the family. It's the same. Okay. It's like in between. No, I, because. Uh, I'm, I'm a serious guy, you know, if you know, I mean, you, Gina, John and I, we know for, for a long time. No, for the people, for the people who know me, all doesn't know me, you know, I mean, I, initially I'm a, so many, so many people told me that I have an asshole face. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. A resting working, asshole face? <laughs> when, I, when I'm working, I put my asshole face, really. I, it's not because I want to be an asshole, it's just because I'm focused, you know? Yeah. I'm just really focused what I'm doing, I'm thinking, and, and so sometimes I feel like it's hard to, you know, to get close to me. Yeah. Uh, so watch, you know, you have these layers. Ah. But at the end, you know, I'm just a, a sweetheart. <laughs> Aww, I love that. Well, cheers to that. Cheers. On that note, cheers. Thank you, Ruben, for coming. Yes, of thanks course, for being a part of, of this show. They're going to kick us out of the market now. Let's have another cocktail first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.